Hi, I'm Judy Nicastro, and you're listening to Mayberry with High Rises, where my friend John Maffei and I talk about relationships, life in Seattle, politics, with random tangents. And believe me, there are a lot of them. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Hello. So it's John Maffei and Judy Nicastro here, and today we're going to talk about the story that I've been wanting to talk about for years, uh, or hear from about years, which is Strippergate. And the lovely Judy Nicastro was the star of the Strippergate. The star of a scandal. The protagonist. Dreams do come the feminist true. lead. The <laughs> female, uh, female lead. Um, so... Why don't we have a discussion of uh, what Strippergate was, and from your perspective, and we can get into like who the biggest hypocrites were in the Strippergate, uh, and all these kind ooh. of things about what it says about our democratic process, and now it was used against you. Because let me assure you, uh, Judy is not a stripper. I would be amusing if she was, but she is not a stripper, and uh, it's a damn funny story. So kick it off. So tell all me right. about Strippergate. Well, first of all, I was on the Seattle City Council. It was my last year, and I was up for re-election, so that matters. So, so real quick, how many people, what year is this? How many people are oh, on okay, the council? Okay, so it's uh, 2003. Yeah. There are nine council members, and we run citywide, and yeah. Seattle has over half a million people in it. So it's a big job with a large constituency. And what was the makeup of the council? How many women? How many women? How many men? How many women? Oh, I, th- I think it was about I think there might have been 5 women or 4 men. It was a, it was a pretty even split. And was it in general a liberal council? Was it a mix of it was ideologies? A, yeah, it was liberal. I mean everybody in Seattle's a quote democrat right. more or less, but it was um it was more it actually was pretty middle to be honest because okay. we couldn't get a lot of lefty stuff done. And who was your opponent at the time? Jean Godden. So Jean Godden wrote for the Seattle Times. She was old, like 70 years old, and she did gossip columns for the Seattle Times. She would write about people's license plates and little stuff like that. So she was running against me. The mayor hated me. Greg Nichols was the mayor, and he hated me. Why did Greg Nichols hate you? I don't know. I don't even remember. But he hated me. Come on. Did you torment him? I pissed him off. I'm sure I did Did you push legislation he didn't like? Oh, my God, I don't even remember. Look at how I, I just blocked it out. Yeah, probably. But he was coming after me for something. Okay. Um, so some people thought he he helped instigate this. I have no idea if it's true or not. Okay. But uh, so when you're, when you're running for office, you get donations, right? People right. donate to you because they like your politics or you vote the right way. 750 is the maximum donation, correct, without I believe uh, it was it? back then, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, so they donate to you because they agree with what you're thinking about. Well, in the meantime, while you're raising money because you're an elected official up for yeah. re-election, you're also doing your job, which is voting on policy. Right. And I chaired the land use committee, and there was uh, we had a quasi-judicial matter, which meant that uh, what's well, too boring to go into. Anyway, this land use issue was coming up where Rick's Strip Club, sure, Aurora. On Aurora wanted to use this little funky part of their land for parking. It was not zoned for parking. So they had to come to the city so to get Rick's approval. So Rick's is right next to a gas station. That was right in front Car of Car wash gas station. Car wash. Yeah. That, the guy owns both of them, right? Uh, no. So Governor Al Rosalini okay. owned the car wash gas station. Right. And... Rick and Rick's was owned by this the quote big Seattle mob family the Curlicuccios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And abutting that, so right behind them was neighborhoods, a bunch of NIMBYs, right. these neighborhood folks, right. and this one woman in particular who couldn't stand the NIMBY, not in my backyard, a, a very pro- 
prevalent theme throughout American politics. Yep. And she wanted the strip club out. But anyway, they had this stupid piece of land that couldn't be used for anything but parking. Yep. So they came to us to rezone it so they could officially park cars there right. versus unofficially. Not a big deal. So it goes before my committee. And while it's going before my committee, I'm also holding fundraisers right. and all that stuff. And so we vote on this to give them their parking. Mm -hmm. Because why wouldn't you? Who cares about the little ant? Well, the NIMBYs were in an uproar. So this got a lot of publicity because um, they wanted Ricks out altogether. Was it a unanimous vote? Do you remember? No, it wasn't. Like, Margaret Page, I think she voted against it. Because it was seen as really a pro-strip club vote, even though it was really just about parking. But, no, it wasn't unanimous. It passed. I think it might have been 5-4 or something. I think MacGyver voted against it. So did the business it. own that land? Yeah, so Carla Cuccia owned the land. So the owner of the strip, strip club owned that land. So yeah. To me yeah, good. so to me, that's just a pure business issue. Which Absolutely. Is, if that was a donut shop, would you give them the ability to park cars? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we had voted on something similar for Ford Motor Company. Where yeah. again, they had a dumb little piece of land that they needed to have it properly zoned. So yeah. of course you give it to them. All right, so as that's going on, as we're doing this debate and voting on that, um, we're doing fundraisers. And Al, Governor Al Rosalini, who mm -hmm. was the Italian governor in the 60s here, who loved me because I'm half Italian, yeah. and he agreed with my politics. Did a fun, uh, came to a fundraiser and gave me a bunch of checks, yeah. uh, which is called bundling, which yeah. is totally legal. Yeah. So I'm like, sweet, I take all my checks. And that's the way you become an ambassador. You bundle a lot of checks and then you suddenly become the ambassador of Austria. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's there you right. go. Now, that's not if you're a city council member, you get but, nothing from but, <laughs> You're the ambassador yeah. of public toilets. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, on a national level, it's big doings. Yeah. So... They uh, so, so I cash all the checks, and they also give checks to Heidi Wills and Jim Compton, those of us that are pro giving them their land, right. letting them use their land. I think nothing of it. But them. you know nothing. You, you just are trying to say, look, this is just a policy. We should let a business go in. Oh, absolutely. Put absolutely. So whether it was a donut shop or a strip club to you didn't matter. It didn't matter to me at all. Nope. And I also, however... I'm fine with strip clubs. I don't think they should be outlawed. Like I'm pro strip, pro the industry. So if you don't, are not pro that industry, then you're going to probably try to not allow them to have their parking, which is what some of the council members did. But I didn't have. It's a legal business. It was doing its. Yeah, business. I mean that's an interesting thing. You're pro the idea of people having a business, and you're pro the people being allowed to work there if it's of their free will. Exactly. However. You know, the counter-argument people come back is, oh, you know, these women are taken advantage of there. They get drug conditions, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, there is a, uh, I don't know, I, I would take the economic argument that you took, which is this is a business. A business should be able to use its land. Uh, if, as long as it's a legal business, they should be able to choose what they use their land for. Parking seems like a good thing. Exactly. If we want to make strip clubs illegal, let's have that debate. But yeah. that wasn't the debate. Sure. So, no, to me, it's a legal business yeah, functioning, yeah. which are, they are, they're entitled to their little right. parking. Um, I just thought it was funny you said you were pro strip club because I didn't well, think you were pro strip club. I thought you were pro business, well, which I, is probably the main. Well, argument. I also think strip clubs should be regulated. I'm actually pro a lot of business. It's just yeah. regulated. I think prostitution should be legal. Okay. It should be regulated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which is not a very lefty position, but yeah. anyway. Um, so, so we you get, get these, these checks. checks, right? So we a bunch of us get these checks. The press, in the meantime, is looking over these checks and say, "You got these checks while you were voting." This was, you were influenced by your vote. So they decide to call this thing Strippergate because... So did the check come from the guy who owned Rick's? Carlo Cuccio and then a bunch of other people. Yes, so everybody maxed out. So he had his friends max out. So how many people were there? 
Oh, probably. I probably got at least ten. Ten thousand dollars. At least, yeah, yeah. I can look up the real. So seven hundred fifty dollars a piece from. You know, 12, 13 guys or whatever, but more. Yeah, it might have been more because it was more. I think it was turned out to be about 20000 It was a nice amount of money for somebody yeah. who had to raise about 250000 So you had to raise two fifty dollars At least, time. yeah. Wow, yep. that's a big number. It was, and with small donations. I mean, those yeah. are small donations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the press starts looking into this and saying we it was undue influence. We were influenced that our vote was bought, blah, all this stuff. So all the count. Oh, and maybe there were some shenanigans that went on. And those shenanigans would would be: did they re- did the Curlicuccios reimburse the people that were donating? Yeah. Okay. We have no idea. All three of us who got the money, Compton, Heidi, and I, Heidi Wills, and myself, we decided we have no idea. But whatever, it, we'll give all the money back. Yeah. So we give all the money back. So now we're thinking this will go away, right? Because so we're giving all the money back. This is you like. You're psyched. You're like, I had a great fundraiser. Oh, totally. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> By the way, when you are raising money and you it's get horrible. like a check, it, first of all, it sucks. Oh, raising money It just horrible. sucks. And then you feel like, you feel dirty doing it. Yep. It, it's Ugh. horrible. And then uh, if someone brings you checks, you feel damn good. Oh, it's great. Are you kidding? It's, it's like, like so good. It's, it's like, so thank you. Because someone just took a huge process off there. Yeah. Yep. And like the amount of like... Uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Now, raising money, nobody wants it. I mean, I hope we can get money eventually out of politics, but that wasn't the case. Okay. Um, so we give all the money back. It was like, oh, all right, here you go. And now we're thinking this thing's going to go so away. So the Seattle Times writes an article, an op-ed. What is it? The Seattle Times writes an... No, actually, it wasn't. It was broken by the Weekly. I okay. think it was James something who broke it from the Weekly, and then the Times picks it up, the Seattle PI, which is now defunct, they pick it up. So, by the way, you have no idea. You just have checks from John Smith, Joe yep. Edwards. No, they were all Italian you know. names. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear, it was all Italian. Okay. But <laughs> you don't know that. You just think you've had a big run. That's right. Oh, I've been great. No, actually, to me, Rosalini has done what he's supposed to do, which is raise money for me. Help. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. So he hands me a bunch of checks. Uh, as far as I know, we're all good. We're all good right. to go. So I deposit all the checks, and then we, this article comes out, and the press now starts picking up on it and making it a, a big issue, and they tag it Strippergate. <laughs> now here's just an gonna, awesome name, right, but here's where I got to seriously diss Seattle, especially the Seattle Times. Yeah. In order to do that, you got to have a mob, right? You, gotta have, you do. You got to have a good mob. You got to have some good stories. So this poor little Italian, this Italian family, the Carolacuccios, who I know nothing about, right? I'm like clueless to these guys and their history. Apparently they had a a juicy history. So we have murders and the mafia in New York City. And here we have, uh, you know, parking and strip clubs. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's it. Right? And I have no idea if they're nefarious. I've never looked at them. I don't care. Anyway, but the press really wants, they want a good story here. They're looking for their Pulitzer. (laughs) Digging for something really juicy, and um, and there wasn't anything. But the what happens is they also the Seattle Times definitely wanted me out of office. They couldn't stand me, Why? and uh, because I wasn't right, I wasn't Republican enough for them. Um, hold on, they thought hold I was on. too left. They didn't really. Like, oh god, the Seattle actually, Times. You know what's so funny? They actually cared. Oh well, because Seattle Times has a liberal reputation now. Maybe uh, maybe now they are. Back then they weren't at all, and. They had um, they had a lot of property down at South Lake Union. They were the second largest property owner down at South Lake Union, and I was not pro South Lake Union. 
uh, the redevelopment down yeah, yeah. there. And they uh, they didn't like my politics. They thought when I tried to ban circuses from coming that I was wasting Why did my you try time. to ban the circus? Because circuses are horrible to animals. So oh. we tried to actually ban the equipment that was used for the animals. Oh, I'm very anti-circuses. Oh, They're my God. for animals. So, like, I'm but, never thinking, how did you find out that circuses were anti-animal? Oh, everybody knows that. Like, it's it's quite... Everybody it's knows quite that known. Now. Yeah, it's quite known. Now I don't we know were that. doing it, and now cities are are banning the use of equipment. But Ringling Brothers is it worse than SeaWorld? No, but it's just as bad. It's <laughs> terrible. But that's a separate. Nobody wants to go off. On, we can go off on that later. All right. But but they thought that I was working on frivolous issues, and the truth is, I wasn't in their pocket. I wasn't their bitch. <laughs> okay, they were used to having council members. So at that did they point. go after all three of you, or just you? No, just me with a vengeance. Because and you Heidi, were the chair. Me of the and committee. Heidi, chair. Well, that's what they claimed, but that was bullshit. It was because um, because they wanted me out of office. Because the, the chair of these committees is just administrative. You have exactly. no more power than anyone else. Exactly. It's a dumb title. It is. It was purely gotcha. They had a hook that they could run with, and they could tar- berate this. They could hammer this issue all the time, all day long, and they did. And Tim Burgess, who is now on the council, was one of their little minions who kept writing editorial, or not editorial, but like opinion pieces about me, insinuating I was a criminal. So he was on the council with you he writing. He wasn't. No, he oh. wasn't. This is where this is so unethical. The newspaper. So you had the news. So you had they had Gene Godin and Tim Burgess writing pieces about me, writing scathing oh, things. So well, they're going to run for office. Yeah, yeah. So you have you have scathing pieces being written about you while the Seattle Times is trying to put their employees on the city council. Now Burgess wasn't at that time running. Godin right. was. I think she was on her leave of absence. She did a dig before right. she left. Right. And then was on leave. And then uh, and then Burgess clearly had an agenda. Now, so he didn't run for, I don't was know. Was God a smart woman? Because it doesn't sound like it's too hard a job to write about, you know, who has got what this <laughs> license plate. Being a gospel columnist wouldn't exactly make you think that you're a bolter, you're up for bolter. Now, in fact, if you, I, I think there'd be nothing worse than working for, like, Page Six or Gawker. I mean, it's just a low yeah. job. You know, I don't know if she was smart or not. I do know. Is she dead? That, no, she's still alive. She's still alive. Now, by the time the podcast runs, she may be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. But what was By so the way, I don't know anything about you. I hope you're not dead. But right. keep going on. I have no idea. But she's old now. She's like 80. Yeah. But um but what was very disappointing about her is she she pulled the feminist card all the time. I'm for women, women in office, women, 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 her and Kathy Allen, who was her campaign manager. And it was like, seriously, I was that horrible that you had to get a young woman in politics out. The hypocrisy and the lie was yeah, so grotesque. Funny. That was very disappointing. This is why politics suck, which is that people run with an issue they have absolutely no belief in. Anybody who knows Judy would know 100% that Judy is pro-woman. She is exactly what you want in someone who is reasonable, but she definitely wants to make sure women are yeah. protected and taken, being treated fairly. So that's yeah. a complete, well, no, these complete guys, no, bullshit. No, no, no. They weren't going after me about that. They were liars. Like, they were the big hypocrites. Oh, they I were, they were no, work no, no, no. They oh, were, no, sorry. no. They weren't saying that. No, they were... They were the lie. They were, and this is where I get, became quite jaded of politics. It's right. very hard to stay idealistic, even just partially. Of, gosh, the world should operate a little bit this way, and it just doesn't. So, so the woman who was running for office was would she like say like this woman was wearing this dress at this party, and then say I'm running as a feminist? <laughs> I mean, she's like, hey, she wore it well, or she didn't wear it well. No, do that no, it's just here. You had an older woman, right? right. Guns at the end of her career, more right. or less, right? And she found me such a reprehensible politician, right, um, that she wanted to target. She ran against me. There were other people she could have run against. Don't say you're for women in politics. 
young women get into politics. Here I was a young woman, I was in my 30s, in politics, on a trajectory, right, on a career in politics. Don't say that you're for that, and then that's the one you target. I used to always say, what did I do that was so horrible that you wanted to get me out of politics? Like, how was my voting record? Because my voting record was pretty darn similar to hers, except when it came to I will tell you the zoos and renters. You, you have a lot of times, and I even saw this in Medina, where people choose to run against people and they have no idea who they're running against and they make bad choices on who to run against because they don't really know what these people's records are. Yeah. And when, so it, it happened in Medina where you had a buddy of mine ran and he switched and he went from one guy and he ran against, uh, decided to run against this woman because this woman had been kind of outspoken on a couple of issues which she was wrong on at the time. It's oh, life. Yep. But in retrospect, she would have been great and the guy who, you know, my buddy beater, and the guy who got elected isn't as strong. Right. And so, like, 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 we both laugh and say, wow, we, you know, we really made a mistake because, you know, for the good of the city, you should have beat this guy who yeah. wasn't as strong as her. And, you know, even we can have that conversation with well, her now because we just recognize it. It's just well, and sometimes you're going after the lowest hanging fruit. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a pro- what bothers me is the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy in politics is rampant. I, I, that personally, it's yeah. been a hard part for me. Okay, so but now you have, she's going out after you you have these editorials that are going in saying stripper game and press. so can't you just say hey i return the money oh yeah i said that they and like no one's that. listening nope and now they're under invest so now ethics and elections is investigating so now you've got a constant story because they're investigating the carla cuccios they're investigating us now i don't remember if i had lost by the time it gets to the prosecutor's office king county prosecutor norm mailing's office um oh they're investigating God. But there's tons of negative press. To be honest, it's a miracle I only I only lost like by like twelve hundred votes, which is low considering the negative press I was constantly I was being berated by. Um and it it was gotcha politics. It's they wanted us out and this is what they used and it worked. It Heidi lost her job, I lost my job. Now Pageler also lost her job, but she had voted against it. But this. this is amazing because like what about this whole theory that no press is bad press? Oh and that like if your name yeah. is out there, you have name recognition. Like you were a Seattle City well, Council person, and people knew your name yeah. because of this scandal. And is there some benefit to well, having your name people, out there? No. And then well, people forget you're involved in the scandal. They go, oh, Judy Nicastro, she was on the Seattle City Council. To this date, you have excellent name recognition yeah. as a council person. Well, thanks. Yeah, I still have name It is weird when people say, I'm like, that was a long time ago. Um, Jean had better name recognition because, remember, she's been writing gossip columns in the Seattle Times for 100 years. <laughs> And it was an off-year election, which right. is mostly the old vote. Right. So I was already toast. The truth is, I was toast when she ran against me. Yeah. Because even Blair Butterworth, who was my consultant, is like, you're screwed. He's like, she's she's old. The old people love her. That's who votes. Your renters don't vote. Right. Like, because I was... I was the, that that the is true. For anybody candidate. who wants to write for a, run for office, um, old people control elections. Yeah, they really and do. You, you you best align yourself with a popular old person and have that person help you. Because they know everyone... And old people vote. They do. And that's one of the big things is, like, you'd be amazed when you run for office, um, your best friends will forget to vote. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like, yeah. like, you would think that you're asking them for such a favor for them to go out and vote. Yeah. And they just don't do it. No, that's, it's, people need to vote. It's, yeah. Well, you're not going to change that. Like, like, people hammer on that. Like, oh, oh, you need to vote. You need to vote. Rock the vote. Less, Think of every year, every four years, there's some new big push. Less people are going to vote because our attention spans have gone down. <laughs> Right? Well, no. I think if we could vote on our phones, people would be voting. Yeah. People would totally start pushing, but we could do we could do like a Pokemon Go version to vote. <laughs> 
Find the candidate. What's okay. the issue? So just uh, hypocrisy of the day. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, so this story, so now I'm out of office. I got no job. You know, this investigation of the, the old Italians is still going on. And it turns out that the Carla Cuccios did reimburse people for giving to donating yeah. to us. Now, that was their bad. Their, they did something illegal. We never did it. Did you have to talk illegal. to the prosecutor? Oh, yeah, I probably did. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people. I, we all, I, we all did. We talked right. all the time to whoever. Um, my favorite was the FBI showing up. No. The FBI showed up on my door. <laughs> what did they ask you? They were trying to get something on Rosalini. They actually wanted to see, it. and it's like the dude's ninety. Were they? Were they? Were they like? Excuse me, we'd like to say, like yeah. I know nothing. Well, no, I know nothing. At this point, I had an attorney. Yeah. I a friend, a good friend of ours, um, was helping me out as an attorney. So I was like, I need. An By attorney. the way, you're not guilty, but isn't it weird that you actually need an attorney? Because you know oh. the people will use stuff against you, and it is so bizarre that like you who did absolutely nothing wrong, you turned the money, got checks from people you didn't know, you know, are suddenly you know, oh, you have you have liability. Yeah, Crazy. no, it was jacked up. I did. Um, luckily, they were friends who, thank God, wasn't weren't charging me because I got scared when it wasn't going away. Yeah. It was like. Wait a minute! I haven't done anything, and this isn't going away. Um, but my favorite article, the New York Times wrote an article on this. Yeah. In the heat of it, maybe it might have been August or September, and it and uh, they interviewed me for it. And the article was about, can you believe this stupid shit in small town politics? Like it was a bit there of a mockery of, of it, shit. right? Yeah, yeah. And I had a quote. I mean, I wasn't the brightest sometimes in politics. I said because <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. Sometimes Seattle's like Mayberry with high rises. <laughs> And I referred to this in the Times. I'm like, yeah, this is totally a bad Sopranos episode. <laughs> it's not good. So, granted, I may have. That's really my funny. Right, funny, but. Did they did like, the Seattle Times go crazy when you oh, said Oh, God. Well, Jean, I remember her using it on the trail. Oh, Mayberry with high rises. I think she used it in her literature. It's this small town professional like, attitude. Like, like, it's very funny that you get um, in politics where people like. There's bad behavior, and then there's indignance that you question the behavior. And, oh, look, they said this. It's so terrible. Um, it's just weird. That, like, happens yeah. in politics. In fact, like, I, I reminded this week with the whole um, DNC debacle, which is Russia hacked us. Well, that's not the issue. The issue right, is right. that there was a lot of people no. saying really dumbass right. stuff. That, like, they shouldn't have said, and they should probably all be fired who were involved, because it was just yeah, ridiculous. You know, and you can't get away with calling people racist names and saying, you know, oh, we're going to get him because he's, you know, uh, Jewish or an atheist. You can't get away with that stuff. No. You can't get paid by the DNC for doing it. But, you know, to you, it's like, you know, let's wag the dog. Wag the dog, is that right? Yeah, you create a basic that you create something. Yep. It totally and, is. Well, so anyway, to, Rosalina was never found guilty of anything. The guy, and he's dead. Um, he was a really, he was a nice guy. You know. So you never talked to the FBI, just your attorney did? Uh, no, I think I did meet with them with my attorney there, though. Was and it, like, confrontational? Was it okay? No, they were lovely. They were totally nice. They were digging. I almost felt like, God, people are looking for something, but there's nothing juicy. It was sort of this excitement to find something good the only thing that they that was wrong was the curly cuchillos reimburse people which is wrong i'm not dismissing so, that so, but there was nothing no other juicy story you know uh people do that all the time i mean that is like the oldest trick in the book is yeah. the reimbursing of people in fact um i had a buddy who was the cfo of a local uh firm and 
they would write maximum checks to who I was running for governor on both sides. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah. you know, they wanted state contracts and they would write the maximum and all the execs would write the maximum. Yeah. And, well, you know, I don't know how he got reimbursed or if he got reimbursed or if it was just part of at the end of the year, yeah. he got a bonus and maybe his bonus was bigger. I know he didn't get a direct reimbursement right. for that. But to him, he was like, oh, I got to write that. Check. Let's be clear. That's right. They all do. A yeah. lot of top corporations send it out to their to their executives. We encourage you to give X amount to this pack or to this. This. That's fine. I mean, I don't know if it's taken out on people who don't do it, whatever. There's a but- fascinating list. If you look at the top hundred donors. Uh, for political uh, campaigns, yeah, and you always assume it's going to be the Koch brothers, you know, but they're not in the top 100, or at least not in the top 50. It's a bunch of labor unions, union of this, union of this, union of this, and then there are a couple of them, which is really interesting because they're either 100% to the Democrats or they're 50 50. Oh. So you get the ones, and the ones that are 50 50 are all the corporations. Yeah. You know, corporations spent 51% here, 49% here, and it's almost identical. Yeah, and then you go to the American access. Teachers Union, and it's 100% of the Democrats with, you know, $500 to the Republicans. You go to the blank, and, you know, it's just but pretty But, you know, fun. see, they're covering their asses. They're donating. Like, and what I would encourage people to look at when you want to say everybody's bought, people – there's money in politics. You have to raise money in politics. Where people, where elected officials are bought and are duplicitous is if they're taking money and they only vote that way because of the money. If their vote is consistent, look, I'm, I'm pro-choice. I wasn't going to take money from anti-choice people. But pro-choice groups should fund me, right? Education groups should fund you. It's all of a sudden, is your vote inconsistent to how it has been? And then you follow that money trail. That's a corrupt politician. Yeah, but but even if you look at money in politics, right? So let's take um, teachers union, which if you look at across the board, you know, teachers, um, you'll find the vast majority of them are dedicated great professionals who, uh, you know, want to improve the lives of children. It's across the board, a noble profession, lots of great people. Same thing with police. You look at police, the vast majority are great at what they do, helpful to the community, serving the, the greater good. The challenge with taking these money is, is that you get a position such as like merit-based pay versus seniority-based pay, which is everyone on earth thinks, oh, let's give merit-based pay uh, the top performers and people are the best. And, um, you know, seniority is basically, you know, let's kick, give the raises the people who've been here the longest. And, you know, if someone has to get fired or their cutbacks, it's always the last person in. And that doesn't work in terms of a base of merit-based society because you want the best people. So I would argue that when you take money from some of these groups, and you may be supportive, they may ask you to take positions that you don't agree with. And you will have to support those positions because those are the positions of the union. And that's when you get really awkward political conversations yes. where you get guys saying, oh, I'm voting against charter schools. Why are you voting against charter schools? Well, it's taking resources against, uh, you know, the public school yeah. here. And that's a position that no one can – they can't say it with a straight face and say, oh, I really don't want this um, – because of logic, they're doing it because, you know, they don't want resources taken away from the greater pool and not giving parents choice. That's the problem. So you get politicians who say, okay, sure, in a vacuum where I hadn't taken these funds from these people, I would vote for this charter school. Okay. So I agree with you, especially on a national level. On a national level, it's a different game. 
Okay, local, smaller politics, it's different. Here's where it gets messy. It's, you are pro-firefighter, and it's the details or the gouging. There's there's an issue coming up with a carbon Washington, right, in our state, right, whether we should have a carbon tax or not. That, the group that's doing the initiative, which is, yes, I-732, is an outside group. The insiders, all the money people, everybody has band together they are literally another arm of the Democratic Party. They give all the money to the Dems, all these groups, to the governor, and the governor is listening to them, not the initiative. And the truth is the initiative may be better, but they don't have the power. They don't have the resources and they don't have the power of these already entrenched groups who donate tens of thousands to the governor. And the reason why all those groups are against this initiative, which the public gets to vote on in Washington State this year, is because they all want a piece of the pie. That's the problem. When policy is negatively impacted because all those groups, the unions, the environmental groups, they all want a piece of that pie. That's bad. And that's where the money so, is sort of so, is corrupt. So money in politics is not going away. No. Um, Dummies in politics is not going away. Yeah. That's the one thing that you will find is that everyone assumes that somehow if someone gets office, they might be smart. Um, don't assume <laughs> that. The people who are in office reflect the general population. You have some people who are exceptionally smart. You have some people who are exceptionally stupid. And they run the gambit. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, – let's go jump quickly back in the stripper game. Oh, yeah. Well, this I, is, I this is to... what a newbie I am. Is I don't even know how to turn my phone down. Um <laughs> So talk about the bad behavior of different people. So like when I see issues like this, I see hypocrisy, I think craziness. And one of the things that pops up to me is this, is the press, which is the press is in the business of selling newspapers. Yep. They're in the business of creating sensational stories. So they'll create a controversy where there is none. Yep. And they'll say, oh, this is the biggest issue in the world. And there may be absolutely zero issue. Um, the press are kind of in this weird position where they get paid very little money. Their business is contracting, and the only way to be successful in press is to actually get on TV and actually get TV spots. Uh, so that's the more outrageous and more bombastic really? you are, 100%. Wait, but how do they get on TV to get – how do they get so on TV? So imagine you're a small person from, you know, some city paper ABC. Okay. You know, you've got to get your uh, notoriety bigger. You've got to get more fame. You know, kind of protect yourself so you can get different things. And you get appearance fees and you get to go and do things. Oh, so if you okay. come out and you are like, boom, really tough on one side, you know, you'll probably get an MSNBC spot or a Fox spot. And they'll try to bring in guys that take really far right or far left positions and argue them quite effectively because they want that for television. But that's oh, okay. All right. yeah, but you're talking big stuff. Big this, stuff. Yeah, this is No, but as a little local. one, as a little one, you sell papers by creating controversy. <laughs> you sell advertising spots by um, having natural disasters happen and making big deals yeah. about different things. The, every story gets amped up dramatically because that's the way people get ratings or people get numbers or people yeah. get more things. Well, and probably now a lot of it's ads because obviously with, of the, with the digital age. But with Strippergate, 
Like, so stripper grade's a minor issue. Well, yeah, and it was sexy. Look, they put sex thing. on it, right? Yeah. They, they made it stripper. I mean, like, they, it was a great tagline. Whoever came up with it, yeah. kudos to them. Yeah. Because I'm sure people were tuning in just, ooh, stripper gate. Stripper That's gate. so exciting. It so exciting. Ooh, what could it be? Um, and at that time, we had the Seattle Times and the Seattle PI. The Seattle PI has gone under since yeah. then. But they were definitely in competition. I thought all of them but The Stranger. The Stranger didn't cover it. The Stranger thought it was totally stupid. It was a waste of time. Isn't that it was funny? stupid. Um, the, least, right. the least commercial of the papers actually had the most integrity. Yeah, they actually did. I, I have to give them kudos. They were great. Um, the Times and the PI were endless, so and I think it was. Did people try to, like, did any of your council people stand up and defend you? Did they run from the issue? They were, were horrible. They were horrible. What did they, they do? They ran from us like the plague. Them and some pile of garbage community members. There's a woman right now who's running for Congress in Seattle for Jim McDermott's seat who should be ashamed of herself. What's her name? I don't want to say her name. Who were the council members who were particularly weak? Oh, God, they all were. Like, what are their names? Oh, who was weak at that time? Like, wouldn't, like, the stand-up... Did people come and tell you, like, oh, I've got your back, and then, like, 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 like screw you? No, like, actually, um, no. No, but no. I don't think anybody said, I got your back. They just were scared. Nobody wanted the shit to fly on them. And the weird part is... All of us kept thinking, this is going away, right? And it wasn't. So, so I understood the council members not getting our backs, just if they were like, what the hell is happening? Part of the people were like, why is this get, keep getting worse and worse? And and I mean worse and worse of press, not the story wasn't getting that much worse, as much as everything was just under investigation. Tell me about this woman who's running for Jim McDermott's seat. So there's what was a woman who's, so bad? Oh, my God. This one's a doozy, man. This woman who's running for Jim McDermott, who's in the 7th Congressional District in yeah. Seattle, which is very left. By the way, podcasters, go look up who's running against Jim McDermott. That's right. Go look up. <laughs> she asked me to do a resolution. Oh, after 9-11. So yeah. 9-11, I was on the city council when 9-11 oh. happened. She asked me to do a resolution with a couple other council members to do a hate-free zone. In Seattle, to, to call Seattle a hate-free zone. Oh, yeah. Okay, touchy-feely, we're good, we're tolerant, we love everybody, blah, blah. I was like, sure, I'll do that. I do that, I speak on it, I'm out there about the hate-free zone. And the Seattle Times reams me on this frivolous issue. All I, According to them, all I should be doing is transportation and the economy and important issues. Anything that diverted from that, they would criticize me for. So I'm doing this frivolous issue, but... I believe when you're in elected office, uh, if constituents, especially... Did you think Seattle needed hate-free zones? We're doing this as a favor. No, it was a favor. It's like doing resolutions. You do resolutions honoring this person. It's like naming a monument. Right, naming monument. You do some frivolous crap. I know what what Hillary did. That's right. (laughs) Hillary also did other things. I will now have to look up Hillary's record. But... um, but yeah, it's just frivolous stuff that you do for constituents. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I'm fine with elected officials doing right. it. It's part of their job, the right. feel-good stuff, okay? You know, it's, it's you know, Susie Q's day for having good cupcakes. Yeah. So this is part of local politics. So yeah. we did the hate for What I What annoyed me is I used up political capital because now I'm getting reamed in the paper for it. Okay? That's what sucked. Well, now I'm up for re-election. Yeah. The shit has hit the fan. And I'm like... Uh, we need your help. Get your can your community. I need your endorsement. I need your community yeah. on board. I need your help. And she's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's not going to happen." Really? And it was I, to this day, I'm livid about it. I took a hit for you, and when I needed you, you were nowhere to be found. Did you call her on it? Uh, or did you were just too shocked? No, I th- I don't remember if I did. I honestly don't remember. This was a while ago. All right. Um, I probably did, but probably in a nicer way. Because when you're in office and you're frantic, you're still hoping. 
Yeah. That they'll turn around and they'll support you or they'll like It's kind of like watching I Survivor or Big Brother. People lobby for support when they know they're dead. I think <laughs> they're well, going to be I, out. You know, so I think that's the thing I love most about not being in office and I never will run again is you're always so nervous to get them to like you, support me. Oh. And in Seattle, you have to raise so much money. You have to do so much stuff that it just gets stressful. I got to tell you, that's the one thing I find is the worst thing about politicians is that a lot of people just want to be loved. Yeah, they don't care what the position is. They'll just take a position to be loved. And that's why you see all this flip-flopping and this kind of stuff in politics, which is people don't believe this stuff. They'll just go and say something because they think it makes them look good. And that's where you get into problems with these people's records, where you have like people well, who just say crap to you know, you know, get out there. No, you're absolutely right. And listen, we can talk about some other point. I took... I took stands against groups that supported me, and they didn't support me when I reran. And maybe if I hadn't done that, I actually was quite independent when it came down to it. Maybe I would have been reelected. But I pissed off the union big time, one of the unions. Um, and if you really want to run independent, if you really are independent, which I think a lot of people when they're in office are more more in the middle. But if you piss off certain groups, you're going to have issues. But we can talk about that later. But anyway, I want to end. Wait, I got to tell yeah. you one funny story about Stripergate. Yeah. All right, so I'm booted out of office. Right. I'm totally bombed, right? Yeah. I'm, at that time, dating a New York state senator. Yeah. So I go back to New York City. We're at Elaine's at a restaurant. We're at Elaine's having dinner with a bunch of his friends, and there is a New York Post reporter who yeah. he's friends with. And the guy I'm dating, John's like, oh, Judy, you got to tell them what happened to you. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, oh, all right. So John starts it off like, you're not going to believe this story, you guys. <laughs> so I said, well, I got out of office. You know, I got beat by this 70-year-old lady because they accused us of taking money. And the New York reporter looks at me, the New York Post guy. He's like, did you take money? I'm like, no. Did anything illegal happen? I'm like, well, they reimburse people. You got beat by a 70-year-old woman? <laughs> and I'm like, yep. I'm a gossip column. A 70-year-old guy. He's, I'm like, yep. He goes, and he just looks straight at me. He says, that's got to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh the ego's taking a hit. That's right. Yeah, so like people lose a lot. Like that's the one thing is if you're gonna be in politics, be prepared to lose. I, the one one funny thing is is that um, the overwhelming thing is that um, people will continuously make wrong decisions because they want to be loved. And yeah, that's the thing they yeah. will make, you know, they'll go and they'll change the policy for one person to make that one person happy, not realizing wow. what, like, you know, what happens with, uh, yes, there was a funny issue on this thing with a bocce court, which is, um, I don't even know if we needed a bocce court, but we were putting a bocce court in and, you know, one neighbor complained, I don't want bocce in the park. So they moved it to another place. And then these other neighbors said, well, we don't want it in that park. It's near our houses. And the main thought to me was, um, hey, guys, uh, you live next to a park. Exactly. You benefit from the fact that you have green space next to you that doesn't have houses built on it. Um, I could care less about your concerns about, you know, whether there was two more cars or whether there was, you know, uh, some additional noises. Because those spaces aren't about you. They're about the community. And we want the parks full. Yeah, you know, we, that's we want right. kids playing in the park. Yep. We want kids making noise. We don't care that the fact there is. Uh, there's, there's, Why know. would you live next to a park if you don't want that? Yeah, it, so what happened? Did you guys put a bocce ball? Oh, eventually it? got put in into some like negotiated area. It went from one park to another park, back to the original park, and um, it was just ridiculous. Oh it was just ridiculous. And the other quick story of Medina was. Um, Years ago, they were building a new elementary school, and they were going to put in this massive 
massive playground for the kids, which is nice. Not massive, a good playground. And uh, the guy who lived across the street, you know, was a lawyer and he raised utter hell, saying there'll be lawsuits because, you know, you know the noise and all that kind of stuff and this and that. So, uh, you know, they put in a very small playground. And uh, the guy sold his house six months later. <gasps> <laughs> you know, what? you cannot garbage, let, man. you cannot let the will of an individual no, you can't. change what's yeah, good for the yeah. community. And that's the hardest thing about politics, which yeah. is people think, oh, I'm going to make friends with these two guys who are very vocal about a thing, and I'm going to be favorable to this. But, you know, what are you doing for the impact yeah. of the community? Especially on a local level, because you see these people out and about. Wow. Yeah, i got to come to one of your meetings. Oh, <laughs> You'll be fun because you can see because I'm now in the minority. Oh, my face voting this way. We're going to vote that way. Um, I, I think I've lost uh, my last seven votes, like, you know, four to three. Oh so God. it's the same. But, uh, you know. Uh, when is your term up? God, hopefully soon. <laughs> Looking at his watch. <laughs> I think I'm up uh, the end of not this year, but the end of uh, 2017. Oh, wow. Oh, definitely. I, I maybe, an, I'll, uh, maybe we'll podcast. I, I have another year in the minority. <laughs> another year in the minority where I can't win a, uh, uh, you know, a single vote. Oh Which God. is funny because, you know, it's, you know, there's no worry about economics. There's no worry about what's right. But, you know, are they looking yeah. out for the interests of them, for, of their friends and the people who yeah. know them loudest as opposed to what's good for the community? Yeah. And, um. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Next next article, we should talk about um, individuals who kind of like you know try to bully the city the city councils and totally. kind of the uh, kind of the backlash of what happens with that. Because I yeah I, I can just go read a bunch of comments from the Seattle Times <laughs> about a couple of these issues, and it's so funny when people have these anonymous comments about how some of the, the, the comments are particularly vicious and they're pretty fun to read. And, you know, I would say this is be very careful before you uh, uh, take a stance in a newspaper because a newspaper will yeah. very often try to uh, paint something to uh, not have it balanced but to have it, uh, you know, sensational. Yeah, they and totally then, then will. that's when you know part of poor Judy was Ripperate was you know hey sensationalism on its completely stupid issue but a good name it was a good name it still is okay we're checking out uh, at some point uh, we're gonna have like a little like uh, email to send uh, questions in if we want to take audience emails totally. and like the more ridiculous the question <laughs> you know the more likely we are to read it and the more likely you start debating on it because. Um, I love ridiculousness, and I just want to see Judy lose her shit on this podcast. Oh, you're going to do it first. So, so if you, maybe. So if you can get one of us to send in a topic that is going to cause, like, a war like I have in my household, yeah. that would be fantastic. That's right. Didn't you say something like your wife is chasing you? Is she coming after you with a knife yet? Not a knife, but, um, you know, I, uh, you know. Like, Go, Melissa. I'm rooting for you, Melissa. Uh, yeah. A piece of thing advice I never took was don't poke the bear. Yeah. And um, I just like poking the bear. Poking the bear, <laughs> poking the bear is <laughs> always a very, very fun thing to do. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be poking the Judy bear. And hopefully we'll get a Judy overreaction. But uh, so far, so good. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.